I tell you, I'm going to keep this beer on set. So if I send you a DM, put Jesse in a one shot. That's so I can drink this beer without being on camera. All right, guys, we're going to rock and roll. Um, Friday edition of this talk show, friend of the program, Jesse Rutherford, is in the house. I've also I've made the comment many times on this show when he's on, and I've actually made this comment, Jesse, many times when you are not on. I think Jesse Rutherford is a U.S. congressman or a United States senator waiting to happen. The man governs with a sense of common sense and fiscal responsibility. He governs with the mindset of letting people do what they want in their own homes. But he also has a lot of common sense when it comes to schools, we will be talking about today, when it comes to uh, land use, when it comes to zoning, when it comes to taxing citizens who are already stretched to their limits in a time of ridiculous inflation and obscene credit card debt. All these topics, including the Amy Lawford, Kellen Squire, brouhaha, the Creed Deed, Sally Hudson um, tussle. The Bellamy Brown, Dave Norris, Katrina Coulson um, battle, and and more. Give the show a like and a share anywhere you are watching. The program will start in a matter of moments on Friday in downtown Charlottesville, which in a lot of ways feels like the epicenter of craziness in our world. And this is a man who loves this community dearly. Um, J-Dubs, how you feeling, homie? Good. Feeling good? Should we rock and roll? Good Friday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. An absolute pleasure to connect with you through a network that is six years old and has undoubtedly become the water cooler of conversation in the Central Virginia community. It's a 300,000-person market, roughly Central Virginia. While the brand and the network is called I Love Seville, I think many of you have seen the brand kind of morph into this Central Virginia network in totality. We talk Nelson, we talk Orange, we talk Louisa, we talk 150 Fun, we talk Afton, we talk this emerging 231 corridor yesterday that legitimately the folks on 231 are trying to put a business model together that is the exact same model of 151. And they're truly trying to compete directly with 151. And you'll see that emerge um, potentially. Jesse says good luck. Sorry. Um, Jesse, wear two breweries outfits today. I see that. Yeah. I see that. Jesse Rutherford, you'll see in a matter of moments. Judah Wickhauer, you'll see in a matter of moments as well. Viewers and listeners, here's what we're going to talk about today. Amy Lawfer versus Kellen Squire. We'll talk about that. Cree Deeds versus Sally Hudson. Cree Deeds' daughter is now Jumping against Sally Hudson, I'll read what Creed Deeds' daughter had to say earlier today in a matter of moments. We'll talk Dave Norris, Bellamy Brown, and Katrina Coulson. We will talk um, Johnson Elementary and this fiasco that made Fox News, but I will do it from a lens of a supervisor that controls the budget of a school system and what a supervisor can and cannot do. So much to cover with our good buddy, Jesse Rutherford. Let's get him on the show. Jesse Rutherford, you're live, dude. Hey, man. It's nice to be back. It's great to have you. Hey, you know, first and foremost, we, reference, we, we always reference 150, uh, 151 fun. I yeah. like that already. I'm representing the 29 fun, which is Outback Brewery and Woodridge Breweries. Very nice. So, 
FYI, you got you got an extra competing factor there for this next group. So. I like it. Woodridge, one of our favorite breweries. Yes. Maybe the only brewery in Central Virginia where you can crack peanut shells and throw them on the ground and see the owner walking around barefoot, barefoot. inside. Yes, 100%. Probably the most authentic uh, farm brewery in Virginia. I definitely would reference that. I, I truly agree with no, that. No. All right, Jesse Rutherford, before um, I ask you some questions, my friend, the show is yours. What is on the mind? What's been tickling your fancy? You know, it, it's been really interesting. Uh, of course, we watched the, the Fed rates not go up. There's a few other factors economically, you know. It's a weird economy, man. Like, I sit here and I wonder how the economy plays in politics and how politics play regionally and how the tribes of those regional areas are playing in all these things. And this is probably the more uh, fuzzy outlook that I've ever had because it, nothing makes sense, you know. Of course, when we had COVID, literally nothing made sense. Um, you know, here we are with still a real estate economy where, you know, it costs keep going up. You know, for the first time in my life, I've now started seeing $2,000 a month homes going for rent in Nelson County. 2000 a month? $2,000 wow. a month. And, you know, that number's never existed for long-term rentals. Um, we, we have a lot of different factors coming out. You know, transient occupancy tax for the first six months in Nelson County was $1.5 million dollars. So I guess that probably would just actually be a January through uh, May compared to a couple of years prior where it was only $500,000. So a lot of really fun opportunities there, and there's a lot of fiscally responsible ideas that we'll have on the books coming up in the next year or so and see what we can do. How's, so, the, how's the health of Nelson County? Health of Nelson County is really good. Okay. You know, Lovingston is starting to get some more businesses coming in. We have a, a new restaurant looking to come that's going to be coming in, Eddie's. We got a whole bunch of opportunities as it relates to other small businesses that will be moving in. Uh, we had a grant program, so three or four other entities are looking at Lovingston. So we're excited. You know, the health of Nelson. The, the health of Nelson is, you know, it's good. It's also extremely expensive. So you know, you have to be able to afford to get into Nelson, and I think that's probably going to be the biggest burden that Nelson County has to bear over the next year or two. Is how is it that we can see that family? Families can afford to live in Nelson County because what we're seeing constantly is older demographics, more affluent demographics are the only ones that are able to infiltrate our markets. Our friend John Blair watching the program from Stanton. We love you, JB. A lot we're going to cover on today's show, John Blair, that I think you're going to enjoy. Very localized content. Um, characterize or put into perspective Nelson County's real estate ecosystem as it applies or does not apply to Charlottesville and Albemarle County. I'll give you two tidbits here. Okay. Albemarle County earlier this week, in fact, John Blair gave me this tidbit, um, only two lots for sale in Albemarle County okay. under one acre. I believe it. And all of Albemarle. Yeah. Um, Keith Smith let us know median price of real estate 2015 in city, early twos, mid twos, wow. all the way 450, 475 now. Wow. Massive appreciation wow. 100%. here. 100%. Um, how does that drive tailwinds to Nelson? So, yeah, I mean, that, that's always a massive factor. We talk about it all the time how the uh, urban ring of Charlottesville impacts the real estate value of all the, the, the counties around it. Um, Nelson County is a place you want to eat, play, and have fun. You know, that's we have that wonderful reputation. We have five rivers, so if you're an outdoor person, like you have all of the opportunity in the world in Nelson. So, if you find yourself with a six-figure job working at one of these uh, DoD entities over here, and it just so happens that you work from home three out of the five days of the week, and you make a healthy six figures, well, Nelson County is a really great place for you to live and raise your five, your three kids, and your, you know. Uh, 
also have the opportunity with that job to maybe choose different opportunities for education, such as homeschooling, private schooling, public schooling, whatever those options are, because we have such great internet access in Nelson County. Here's a fun statistic that I, and this is rough, rough numbers, and I was just learning it from Firefly. I believe um, with the amount of households that are connected to fiber, I believe it was like 350,000 homes or entities have fiber access in the state of Virginia. And in Nelson County, it's close to 5,000 homes that have access. And what percentage that lays in fiber access in our community is just absolutely astronomical. Like it blows our mind. Um, so we're ahead of the game on that. And how does that impact real estate? We're at $400,000 median house sales. And that's absolutely massive. Uh, it's, it's a sad saying, but if you want to work in Nelson County, we say you got to move to Amherst to work a Nelson County job. You know, and I think that has major repercussions for the culture of Nelson, the community itself, because having a community that can live and also work has an all-around culture of a family. You know, when you start creating these bedroom communities where they're supporting jobs that are inside of Nelson but have to commute into another community, well, you know, it's kind of hard to create a family context around that. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that really hard right now, and a lot of folks not starving themselves out of the market, offloading property because they can't afford to own it, are because the margins are so high, why would they not take the equity? Um, Chris Fairchild's statement from this weekend, did you see it? Was it the dollar eighteen? Is that, that the dollar and cent thing he likes to do? He did you oh, oh just you, out of curiosity, yeah. did you read did you about oh, the Fluvanna culture? Yes, the out of towners moving yeah, did in. Did you read that? I did read that. Okay. Fluvanna County Supervisor Chris Fairchild's statement continues to resonate in this community. Yeah. To put it in a nutshell Supervisor Fairchild said, if you're moving to Nelson County and you want to change the, or excuse me, Supervisor Fairchild said, if you're moving to Fluvanna County and you want to change the, the culture of Fluvanna County, don't move here. Right. He also said, we're not going to build any additional housing in Fluvanna. We're going to keep it rural and he's going to do whatever he can humanly possible to do this. I respected his authenticity with saying this. He campaigned on this platform. He did. He has stayed true to his word throughout he did. this. He did. What did you make of Supervisor Fairchild's Facebook commentary that's gone viral. Uh, well, of course, I love Chris, right? Me too. And you can't not get along with Chris. Chris is the man. And, and I think Chris is one of the one of those individuals that you can disagree with and agree with and have a healthy conversation and love each other at the end of it. Um, you know, I think when we look at the context of Fluvanna, I mean, it's on the 64 corridor. It's getting the pressures of the Louisa spillover, the Richmond spillover for that more uh, rural context, and it's starting to infiltrate into that market you know we can we can sit here and say hey let's stop it let's stop it let's stop housing well at the end of the day you aren't necessarily hurting the individuals that are trying to get in because they're going to be able to get in no matter what hate to say it like rich people will always find a way to buy land to build a house to get access to something the people who have the most pain and suffering are your middle and lower lower income demographics that can no longer either afford to live there are to participate in that market itself. Um, you know, I, I would easily say for every, every home that's built on the 151 corridor, I could probably point out two homes that have depreciated themselves completely out of the market on the other side of the county. I'm talking about working class homes that nobody wanted to re rehabilitate or maintain or even purchase. So they just depreciated themselves out of the market entirely. So what does that do? That puts pressures on the entire economy. And now your standard is uh, you know, 2,000 square foot home in Stony Creek, which is driving our real estate values up even further. Um, 
You know, and I, I definitely respect that sentiment of uh, that first part where it's move to our county, don't sit here and act, try to change our culture because you were upset with where you were. I mean, this is a real factor as it relates to the native Virginian or native Nelsonian, whatever that is, because what happens is you have these groups who come here because it's beautiful. You have a wonderful context. You have a lifestyle that you want to be able to raise a family in. And all those things, I think most of us would say, this is good and we want you to support that. And then they start adding in these other contexts that you're like, man, wait, what do you mean we have to raise taxes to do that? Wait, what do you mean? We were doing just fine 20 years ago. Why do you need that now? And I think those are all very real, realistic expectations and questions to ask. Um, you know, on, like I said, on the other side of that, housing itself is not a... Not, not immediately a detriment to that individual coming in. It's a detriment to the people who are trying to stay. Jets Rutherford on fire. Um, our buddy Deep Throat on Twitter, he's our um, anonymous commentator, awesome. um, says, man, I wish Seville City could have people as sharp as Jesse Rutherford <laughs> serving on the dais and on council. Um, I got so much I want to cover. Viewers awesome. and listeners, you can ask Jesse Rutherford questions. You can give him props by putting your comments on social media in the comment section. Our software then aggregates them, and I will pass it along to Jesse live on air. I want to talk what everyone is talking now, at least in Charlottesville now, Morrow County, Johnson Elementary, Pride Month, Mm. um, and one particular uh, outing during Pride Month on the playground at Johnson Elementary in the city of Charlottesville, Parents or someone, we don't know who it is, videoed children. Um, how do I characterize this? Um, it was a curriculum that was LGBTQ focused. Yeah. They had an alphabet that they were reciting that was tailored to LGBTQ thematics. Um, students, second, third, fourth grade, either talking into a microphone or listening from other students recite the LGBTQ alphabet. This video gets to Rob Schilling, who's, we know Rob Schilling is very, very right. Rob Schilling produces the video by slapping on the Johnson Elementary logo, Mm -hmm. the Charlottesville Public Schools logo, and then Rob has the brilliant idea, and I I do that a little bit sarcastically, of putting his name and his logo and his URL and his business all over. Follow me here. I don't know what you were thinking here, Rob. Then this produced video gets in the hands of a producer at Fox News. It airs last night. They continue to talk about this LGBTQ curriculum and this video that Rob Schilling produced throughout the news cycle today. Yet again, Charlottesville, Virginia has made the national news. I want open edit to start. What do you make it? Sure. Um, you know, so I, I did take a chance to look at that video uh, that you were referencing before we started. It, what a shame we've politicized our school systems the way we have, right? You have you know, the left side of things trying to hyper grab, gravitate things and put ideologies in. I mean, these are third and fourth graders, right? Like my, I know my cognitive ability was not past the, the slide and swing set, you know, like I truly could not comprehend much beyond that. And long division was hard for me, you know, truth be told. Um, you know, 
indoctrination, you know? It, it's really, you sit here and it's, yeah. Do you think that was indoctrination? You know, I, I would sit here and when you're make, you know, I don't know what the context of that class is or whatever that was, but when you have students and you're asking them to sit here and regurgitate, you know, that alphabet, whatever that was, uh, of LGBTQ+, you know, you're going to get some kids who do they truly understand everything that's going on? I mean, you know, you're, these kids' brains are still developing. They're trying to understand the context of being a child. You know, how is it that they can read and write and add and subtract? I mean, these are real scenarios in life. Um, and, and for that, you know, man, I, I, as a man who's always erred on the side of libertarianism and freedom and two consenting adults do as they must, I, I mean, I, I died on the hill defending Diver Riggleman when it came to the... Uh, the gay wedding challenge, you know, because I do believe that individuals have some autonomy to themselves, you know, especially at the age of 18, 19 years old, like two consenting adults. So when we completely get to, agree with everything you when, said, when we get to this context and we start bringing children into this, it's like, wow, guys, this is real. You're influencing things that they don't understand. You know, what does this mean in 10, 20 years from now when we're trying to explain why we did what we did then? And, you know, it's real stuff. Like in I a thousand percent agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Now I want to take a. He just commented there as a citizen. Yeah. Um, now I'd like to take a role, and many people are saying amen. Mm-hmm. Like Carly Wagner is saying amen. Yeah. Bill McChesney's giving you props here. Keith's saying go Jesse. We just saw Keith Smith. Yeah. Um, what could someone do as an elected official? We know the school board runs the schools. Right. We understand that, say, a city council in Charlottesville has little autonomy over Charlottesville public schools. They're siloed that way for a reason. The one level of autonomy or the one mechanism of autonomy that council may have is funding. Council allocates the funding to the board. The board does what it wants with the funding. Walk me through what you could do as a supervisor here. Because this... you. First off, would this fly in Nelson County? The second question is, if this was done at an elementary school in Nelson County, what would be the response to you as the supervisor from taxpayers? Yeah. Uh, You know, when we're looking at that, (laughs) again, and just to look at the Johnson context, we're talking about elementary school kids, right? Like these are the youngest of the young who are, you know, at the very forefront of their life. No, I, I could not fathom that happening in, in Nelson, at least in that context of whatever that was, you know, where you're having them define and recite in public in front of entire classes. Um, I definitely don't see that ever happening in Nelson, and I would not want to necessarily see that in Nelson elementary schools. I mean, they, we do not need to politicize that level. You know, we do not need to have a part of that. I think, you know, you get to the high school context, you know, there's definitely some cognitive ability to where you can have those stances. I remember growing up as a kid, you know, we had the, uh, I I was homeschooled, so I have to remember, it was like the, I believe it was the Gay Student Alliance or whatever it was, and that was a really big deal because there's a lot of kids who were part of that community, and, you know, of course, I believe that my friends who were in that had the, should have had the freedom to be who they were thinking and being able, because they're 15, 16 years old, they're able to digest these things and bring up opinions, and of course, we had that rebuttal from the that other side of our community and it was not pretty it was not a good thing and you know i believe that entity had the ability to do what they were doing but you know elementary school kids why why are we going after like the youngest of the young right they they can't even you know sometimes define what three plus three is yet 
and we're going to ask them to figure out the nuances of sexuality. Sexuality, like, why are we sexualizing our elementary school? My God, like, this is just, a, you know, horrible. What could you do as a supervisor? So let's talk about that because you have multiple options, and I, I would first say the first thing is at the ballot box. That is the first thing a supervisor should be advocating for is to see that those board members who are pushing those things in our elementary schools are replaced because that is the wrong place. Um, you know, that's the first place I would advocate for people. As it relates to the second, you know, there is some discussion that can happen as it relates to funding. You know, whether that's a, hey, what in the world is going on? Why are we doing this? I definitely don't necessarily advocate putting teachers pay at risk over an ideological situation, but it is a real it is a real factor, and you can ask that question of your school board and say, hey, seriously, like, answer this. Why are we doing this? We are, there is a good reason why cities and jurisdictions have the freedom to uh, monitor that budget. If we weren't supposed to have that responsibility, then the state would never have given it to us. Why? Because there's checks and balances. And in our context of the republics that we have, we should support those checks and balances. You know? I, 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 and, dude, I love this guy. And that Keep goes going. around not just from there, but just anything fiscally responsible. You should ask those questions. And, you know, that requires making sure that we have a majority of whatever entity you have when you start asking those questions. But, yeah. Have you ever, have you ever heard or seen of, say, a group of supervisors or a group of counselors mm -hmm. ever leverage funding for schools like keeping the money in escrow account before allocating it to the school boards to demand change. Another good example of this is say Almoro County Public Schools. Right. Dude, they still haven't figured out the bus driver issue. Yeah. Like this thing has been going on for two years. Yeah. Like they don't have enough bus drivers to get kids to school on time. Right. So the kids in Afton, Almoro Afton, yeah. are showing up to school 90 minutes late every day, dude. <laughs> every, day. <laughs> every day, Jesse, they're showing up 90 minutes. Yeah. These kids are missing a period and a half and yep. have been doing it for two years. Wow. I mean, wow. like, and, and, and it doesn't even, how do we solve this if it's superintendent Dr. Matthew Haas? I yep. got an idea. Pay the bus drivers more. Yep. And then you can get some more bus drivers. Yep. Um, have you ever heard of school funding being leveraged in any capacity? So in, in some county governments, you might have certain programs where the county pays for it directly. So in Nelson County, that would have been our nursing program, i.e. nurses in the school system. We wanted to make sure that those nursing jobs were preserved. So what did we do? We made sure that we had a separate account that paid for those things directly when those things came due. Now, you don't want to start getting into the business that then all of a sudden you're paying directly the salaries of bus drivers and then well, or reimbursing, whatever that might look like. Um, but you can have that context. You know, I, I remember, I think it was down in Bedford in Campbell County where there was uh, some hyper-ideological stuff as related to that in the school system, and there was a lot of strong conversations about the budget, and a lot of that was offloaded. But, you know, I, I definitely think the school system here does have... Can, could see that as a repercussion potentially. I mean, we're also past the budget season now. We are. So it we might are. be a year before that happens again. This is bananas, guys. It's literally on Fox News, I've yeah. been told, all morning long. I believe it. All morning long. How about the... Uh... And, you know, elementary school kids, man. These are innocent. They Dude, don't, they're not Democrat. They're not Republican. Their, their faces were shown on a global news network yes. without the parental permission, without them even yeah. knowing. Yeah. I mean, you, they, took that, they took political stuff and threw it on to the youngest of the young and made them be part of that. 
you know, shame on whoever did that. I mean, truly, the person who that orchestrated that and thought, hey, let's do this, put it in public, and a bunch of third graders who have absolutely no concept, really, of sexuality and where they are, they should be fired. I mean, I don't know what and who that demographic, who is running that, but the principal of that school needs to have a really long, hard conversation. And listen, I support that community, you know, as it relates to them having the rights as consenting adults. But you know what? That starts at the age of 18, and you can go decide, you know, what you want to do, and you want to be a consenting adult, go do what you want to do, but, man, third graders. Do you, third graders. Do you think a lot of stuff to unpack here? Um, yeah. Should videoing be removed from school grounds? I made that comment, and here's another follow-up for you, and I'll get out of your way. Okay. I made that comment on social, and then a lot of folks are like, no way, we want to see what's happening here, especially if it's public schools. Yeah. And then other folks have said, it should be like police wearing the body cam on their person. Right. We should have a camera in all the classrooms to make sure the teachers and the public schools are doing right by our right. kids. And then I countered that by saying, would you trust Dr. Matthew Haas's infrastructure with millions of hours of live footage of our children? And to protect it with all true. these pervs and hackers online so being true. able to get it and manipulate it? Oh, and just look for children in traffic. Though. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. then all of a sudden you're allowing them to get control of that. Ah, man, that strikes multiple different. I don't know if I'm the right person to figure out how to answer that. You're That's, a sensible guy, though. But, you know, there's some level of responsibility in a check and balance where I know that, you know, students do, should have some level of right to record when they're living in those moments, okay. right? They have that autonomy in my mind to record those moments that might be a positive interaction and negative interaction, you know, but yeah, that's so true. Uh, someone took a video of that and put their kids faces on blast on national television and global television, global television yeah. without permissions, without permissions. And I've got to say the other side of that is, is you're part of a government system. I mean, public schools are public schools. You have the ability to record probably, it's probably a first amendment level to that, at least in the public spaces. Man, dude, comments are coming in fast and furious. Jerry, Warren County is, uh, this is from Carly Wagner, Warren County is calling for cameras in all classrooms now as two teachers were just fired for physically abusing kids. See she, also, she also says yeah. the Virginia School Board Association is the one pulling the strings behind the curtains. They claim to be nonpartisan, but they really are a progressive political action group. When a person right. is elected to a school board, they are expected to sign an agreement that they will vote in the interests of the Virginia School Board Association. Yeah. Many folks don't realize they do not have to join this group. My sister is on a school board and it was a big issue when she said she would not sign the Virginia School Board Association pledge and would act as an independent representative of her constituents. Yeah. Anywhere you want to go on that? You know, that association itself has definitely weaponized a lot of things over the years of the last 10 years. Some of it has been good. Um, you know, advocated if I'm not mistaken, they did advocate for school resource officers in a lot of the schools, especially when a lot of the, when a lot of the school shootings were happening and, you know, advocating for school safety is a critical piece. And I believe those entities can do that. They also can get caught up in these things where it's like, I mean, if it says in there that, you know, third graders need to do whatever Johnson Elementary just did, then man, I wouldn't be part of that association. Like, you know, I, how much of the bad is outweighing the good of it? I mean, that's ridiculous, you know. Comments, put them in the feed. We have a lot of people watching the program, guys. If you have comments for him, let them know. Um, this is a, arguably the foundation of how Glenn Youngkin got elected into the governor's office. Oh, right, right. Especially when, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, McAuliffe just gave, that was almost a gift. It was a gift. Because you know what doesn't, what makes a lot of people mad and a lot of parents is when you look, look them in the eye and you, you say, you have no say in how your children are educated. That is probably one of the most idiotic so stupid. Uh, statements a person could ever make. And yes, of course the mother and father have a say in how their child is educated. Of course they have an opinion as to what things are important, what things aren't. And I think most Virginians agree that sexualizing our schools is not part of that agenda in the family context or having kids, you know? These are third and fourth graders. I mean, I don't know how much more innocent we can get. What, kindergarten? Like, I guess that's as low as we could have gone and then had, you know, yeah. Unbelievable stuff here. Jesse Rutherford, supervisor in Nelson County. Let's talk politics. Yeah. Um, Amy Lawfer against Kellen Squire. We have two Democrats. What, Twitter was on fire. Oh, my God, dude. We have ah. two Democrats, Amy Lawfer and Kellen Squire, that legitimately are trying to take down the Democratic Party. This is mudslinging and a, a microcosm of mudslinging. This is one step, all right, maybe a step and a half above a local race. Yeah. We're talking literally a step above city council. And these two people are fighting tooth and nail as if it was Trump versus Biden. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and the mailer that went out. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got that mailer. Do you? Yeah. yeah. And then she doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down. Quadruple and she's running television inventory ads on this, the foundation the of the mailer. Foundation of that. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of, it is actually truly sad to see that between, I, you know, of course, I, I'm not participating in that primary as I'm of the conservative persuasion. But, you know, I actually re thought both of those individuals in the beginning were, okay, this will be kind of a cordial thing. We're going to see how liberal someone is from Albemarle and Charlottesville, right? That's where a Nelson County person's brain chemistry went with that race. And, um, you know, I've, I've met with Amy before, and I had some good conversations about housing and, you know, the context of transients, uh, transient occupancy tax and short-term rentals and the impact of housing supply. Uh, we had a really great conversation about that. Um, but I had no clue she was going to double, triple down on something that was like a twist in a, what was it, a Rob Bell race was how Kellen basically was using that originally. And everybody understood what he meant when he was referencing pro-life. I mean, you know. She took it out of context so much. She took the mailer, highlighted the paragraph from the blog post, blurred out the paragraph above it, blurred out the paragraph below yeah. it, and tried to pass it on as truth. Yeah. Is that... Dirty politics, or is that expectation 2023? Unfortunately, that's how the game is played in politics. I hate it. I hate every ounce of it and how people want to play games against each other personally, politically, whatever that is. Um, but I, I did expect a little bit of more tact from especially Amy. Who do you think the, is going to win this race? Um, What's your crystal ball set? I, I have to look from the Nelson context because I only know the Nelson liberals who may... It, you know, indicate where they're leaning, and and it's a portion of Nelson. Correct. Yeah. It is the kind of the the portion that butts up against Albemarle. Right. So those pre voting precincts there. So I, I would suspect that uh, Kellen's got it. I think Kellen and Jude. I, I don't know I, what your thoughts are. I think Kellen is a slight favorite because this is backfiring. I, but I, I think it. 
it was flipped because I think it was a Lawfer win. Dude, I originally. thought Lawfer was a slam dunk. I thought, I thought Lawfer was an easy win, and then this happened, and there was a lot of her supporters in Nelson that just kind of were like, ah, you know, this is pretty distasteful. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how much forgiveness might happen between here. I mean, what are we talking about? Election days on Tuesday? Yeah. We should do a show on Tuesday. Oh, we should. We, <laughs> we should. will be doing a show on Tuesday. Or Wednesday. See <laughs> so, yeah, how that looks. But, but yeah, no, coming up on that election, I mean, you know, I, I truly think it's probably leaning in his direction after that, unless. Somehow she's been able to preserve her core support group and hasn't dissuaded a lot of individuals who are going to be going to the polls in, on Tuesday. Do you know what the early vote is? I was just thinking about that. I, I don't. Thinking. We could probably find that I, I know it's one of some of the best performing in the state of Virginia, which when we get to the next race... Can you find to... any early vote totals, J-Dubs? At least on... in the Albemarle show. Yeah. yeah. For, uh, for some of the... That would be amazing if you can. Yeah. Uh, Bill McChesney wants us to talk Sally Hudson and Cree Deeds. I promise we'll get to that. I want to highlight some of the viewers and uh, listeners watching. Janice Boyce Trevilian, hello. Welcome to the show. Um, Nelson County is on fire right now. Rick Buffington is giving um, Jesse props right now. Ginger is giving um, Jesse some props right now. Toya Johnson, hello. Welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for listening. Evidently, multiple folks are watching the show at the Blue Mountain Barrel House uh, Sorry, they, right now. I didn't have a hat, guys. <laughs> uh, we love the uh, Full Nelson Blue Mountain, and thank you kindly for yes. streaming our show at the Barrel House. Um, Tell Taylor Smack I need a new hat. Taylor Smack is the owner of South Street and Blue Mountain. Yeah. Um, I'll throw this to you here. Okay. How do you think... First, open it before I ask specifics. Sure. Cree Deed, Sally Hunsett, anywhere you want to go. All right. So uh, I think Cree's been elected in office for 80% of my life. Um, and I think he's been my delegate for 80% of my life. So you talk about a household name, Cree. Cree's always been a name that I've known even before I was even political. Um, he's a blue dog. Are you familiar with that? Kind of oh, yeah, context? but break it down, break it down. So for those who are listening and you ain't really from, you know, a, a Virginian context or really a Southern culture, we call blue dogs basically a conservative-ish person who, vote, who is on the liberal ticket. So I guess a good example of that was when Cree uh, opposed banning high-capacity uh, magazines in uh, certain style guns and he voted against that so a lot of the liberal contingent would call that person a blue dog basically you know kind of faking it so when you look at the the Cree the Cree Sally context I mean Cree like I said he's a household name and also he's really omnipresent like if I go to an event in Nelson I, I truly think he's been to more things in my district than I've been to my district and I try and so he is definitely out in your face, out there in the public. Everyone knows who he is. And he, he's also really good with name context. Like, he know, he's known who I was since I was 11 years old. Dude, he's a pro. Yeah. Like, Pro's pro. And, and to put it in even better perspective, I consider him like the Southern Baptist of, of Democrats because that's how good he is at remembering names and who you are, who your daddy was, and when your grandma died. Like, that's, that's Cree. That's big time. That's really big deal in, in that culture. But however, you know, let's get to the Sally context of things. There's definitely a dem huge contingent in Nelson that's really tired of having that long-stay candidate. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Mr. Deeds move from Lexington to Charlottesville? There was, uh, the, dr the district was redrawn. Yeah. And Cree moved into the district. Yeah. And as a result of him moving into the district, Sally's supporters say that Cree is no longer the incumbent. I mean, that's a fair observation. Like, if I... You, do you think that's fair? Well, I mean... Or is that schematics? Okay, well, let's just play... Is, is it even... I mean, 
if you had a district open up like four counties down and there was no incumbent in it and you just so happened to move into it, are you still the incumbent or not? Fair. I'd sit there and I'd say... It's a little different than that, though. Now, I will say, Cree has represented a lot of these jurisdictions That's what for I'm a saying. long time. Right, right. Um, I don't think he represented the entirety of Albemarle forever, right? No, no. And so that, I think that might be a new thing for him. Uh, Charlottesville, did he, has he always had Charlottesville? Ah. I can't remember. Okay. Regardless, he already has enough culture. Nelson County, he's always had us, right? That's just a no-brainer. We've always had Cree. Um, for Nelsonians, he's an incumbent. You know, I think for a lot of Albemarle, he's an incumbent. I think for a lot of Charlottesville, you know, he's probably incumbent. Now, politics have changed a lot in that 15, 20-year spectrum, right, from the point of when he, when he got incubated and elected into office to today's standard. I mean, Cree had to really lean left to start appealing to those progressive liberals in the Albemarle-Charlottesville context, like seriously lean. Um, but let's go to the side, the flip side of that, which is new blood, because new blood has weight, and it's the most, my favorite silent weight that could ever exist in a political race, and for me is what makes this race still a toss-up. You know, Sally is a very smart individual. Yes, she is. Sally is an extremely smart individual who is very thoughtful. And, of course, in my context, me and her probably still disagree 95% of the time. Um, and I'll get to the things we do agree on. But Sally can play the game. Sally can play the game. Sally's well-funded. Yeah. Sonia Smith. Yeah. Over so, a hundred, Sonia Smith. I'll get the exact number from PayPal. It's like six figures. Yeah. Oh, it's well over six. Well figures. over six figures. Yeah. So she has the new blood context. She has the um, the money there to help fund this race. She's also really present. She's out and about just as much as Cree is. So it's not as if she's playing this game lightly. Um, so the real question is: is is this district going to be ready for new blood? Now, let's go to the next part because I had a really interesting meeting in Richmond the other day working on some stuff and policy. Uh, and this, Sally watches the show. Yeah, so okay. this, this race is a bellwether race right now because basically all of Virginia, the Democrat Party of Virginia and the Republican Party of Virginia are watching this to see if the progressive city and county of Albemarle Charlottesville are going to lean right towards a Cree deeds of sorts, are they going to double down and hold with a Sally Hudson? So that it's a bellwether. There's a lot of individuals watching this. I think it's some of the best performing early voting, at least at, in the last couple months in the state of Virginia. Um, who knows what that means? I Here's where I'm at. I, I truly think Cree has the edge, but I'm not going to be surprised, and I truly do think Sally might pull it out in the end. You and think I th- Sally will win? I think she's wow. going to pull out just enough because of the silent voter. Now, I could be completely wrong, and everybody likes to keep the same old, same old. That's also expected Virginia. Sally's got a few things going for her that I think could be the edge that gets her such as? such as the uh, Such as her you know, left-leaning contingent. I mean, the... Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the different, like the indivisible groups, you know. Uh, Let's see here. She's got uh, Bills is Clean Virginia Fund all over her. Oh, yeah. She's got uh, Indivisible Charlottesville. She's got, which is her socialist. She's got Livable. There's a lot of them here. Yeah, she's got (laughs) Forward Almoro back in her, the schools. She's got um, Livable, uh, whatever Gillikin's group is, uh, Livable Charlottesville all over it. Sonia Smith, I'm looking at campaigning. Sally Hudson is into Sonia Smith. Or Sonia Smith is into Sally Hudson, however you want to look at it. 
$265,213. Wow. Sonia Smith's husband is pretty much the guy who runs the Clean Virginia. He is the guy who runs the Clean yeah. Virginia Fund. 35G from Clean Virginia. So this Michael Bills himself, 10 G's on record right there. So you got Sonia and her husband, Michael, 265 from Sonia, plus another 45 from so, Michael Bills. We're over 300 G's from these, this, this family yep. unit. So let's go to the next step. Okay. Let's talk about electeds who have endorsed Sally. Okay. Because that's a pretty large number. If I'm it is. Mistaken. It is. It, is it most of city council? Um, I know it's at least Michael Payne. Yeah, Michael Payne certainly has. I'm not sure if Lloyd has or not. No, Lloyd stayed on the sidelines I for believe most of this. Donna Price is supporting. Uh, I'd have to. I'll look at the either way, website. Either way. But I, I would definitely be curious to that because I haven't seen any of them coming out hardcore for Cree. And so for me, I, I think there's a little bit of context there that I'm fairly certain Sally might have a little bit more of an edge than we're giving her credit for. She has been endorsed by the following groups. Ready. Um, the 314 Action Committee, um, Indivisible Charlottesville, the Mid-Atlantic Pipe Trades Association, Vote Pro-Choice, Working Families Party, the Whole Woman's yep. Health Group, the United Association of Plumbers and Steam Fitters, yep. the National Women's Political Caucus. From an individual standpoint, she got um, an endorsement from Don Scott, the House Democratic Leader, Jim Andrews, Almore County Board of Supervisors, Dr. Wes Bellamy, former yep. counselor, yep. Katrina Carlson, Almore County School Board, Emily Dooley, School Board. Yep. Um, names that you, I mean, she's got some She's got some heavy, pretty heavy hitters. hitters in, in a... Donna Price, you were right. And in you know, population densities that she needs to win. You know, I would venture to say in Nelson County, Cree probably has a slight edge purely because of that incumbency thing. But she's done an excellent job at chipping away some of the harder core left-leaning individuals who are very vocal and out and about. Um, you know, there's also, she has a lot of appeal from, uh, you know, women and women's rights uh, from their context. Uh, Neil Williamson's got that number. Did you have any luck with that by chance? No. That's right. Uh, Neil Williamson found it. No primary in the state of Virginia has had more votes cast early, either by mail or in person, yeah. than the race to determine the Democratic nominee in Senate District 11, yep. which runs along Route 29 from the northern edge of Almoral County to just outside Lynchburg. Yep. Nearly 5,000 ballots have been cast in that race as of this past Tuesday morning. The winner of that race between Cree Deeds and Sally Hudson is expected to be a heavy favorite over a Republican opponent in November's general election the source the richmond times dispatch neil williamson you're a godsend yeah, the republican opponent um hamilton hamilton p-a-h right uh what's 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 him i can't draw a blank here oh yeah philip hamilton philip hamilton a man who's been jettisoned by the republican party a man who's been jettisoned by the Albemarle County GOP. Literally the chair of the Albemarle County GOP, yeah. John Lowry, once will not even talk to this man. Will not talk to him. The the GOP across the state wants nothing to do with him. Uh, Hamilton or Philip Hamilton legitimately thought it was a great idea when he was running in the past election to attack Glenn Youngkin. Yeah. That made perfect sense, Philip. Yeah. Not sure what you're doing there. So whoever wins the primary wins, dominates, dominates. and wins. I mean, that's, that's. I mean, probably would win. Like, I hate to say this, Philip, and I, I respect that you're running for office. Sure, but you're going to lose 99.9 percent to 0.1. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I mean, yeah. The winner of Tuesday is going to tell us where the direction Virginia is going to. That's what I'm saying. Exactly and right. I, I think once, if, if Cree is the one who wins, then guys, you need to be ready for the generic Virginia that we've had, or at least have known for the last eight years, or 
mm, let's go pre-16. What do you call generic Virginia? What's that mean? So, uh, you know, you kind of, not generic Virginia, more like the, I like to call it the middle 2000s Republican Virginian, right? So, like, uh, who was our governor at that time? McDonald. Yeah. Like Virginia that, he, Beach Boy. He was a moderate guy. He was a pretty moderate individual. You know, I think a lot of the, the delegates and the Senate at that time were generally moderate. They were what you would kind of consider a Chamber of Commerce Republican. Pro-business, pro-business, low taxes, low taxes, pro-business, pro-business, low taxes, low taxes, right? Sounds great. And so, you know, that, I know, right? How convenient. And so I imagine if, in the event that Deeds is able to win this, that is kind of a little bit, means that more moderately positioned races are probably going to lean right. Um, Jesse Rutherford is on fire now. We're going to continue with the guy. Um, Janice Boyce Trevilian, welcome to the program. Let's give the many Nelsonians that are watching the program folks like Edward Paul Mims and Stephen Kurtz. Welcome to the program. It looks like an IP address is around Nelson County Times um, watching the program. All right, let me throw this to you here. Um, Let's talk Dave Norris, Bellamy Brown, and Katrina Coulson. You have three Democrats running um, in this race. Um, this is a delegate race. Right. We talked um, Lawfer and Squire. Yep. Now we're going to talk the other delegate race with three Dems. Um, first open-ended. Where do you want to go? Yeah, so... And it's always you know a lot. You know Norris, don't you? I know Norris, and yeah. I know, I, I've met Bellamy okay. uh, a couple handful of times, and I've, I've had pleasant conversations with both individuals. Uh, I do not know the other person. Uh, who was the other, other person? Uh, Katrina Coulson. Katrina Coulson. Chairwoman of the Board of Super... Or uh, Albemarle County School Board. Okay. Yeah, I don't know her. So, you know, when you look at that that, that race, I, I know Bellamy is postured with Cree Deeds, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. That's right. 100%. And has, Bellamy loves Cree. Yes. And, in fact, he was knocking Sally the other day on social media yeah. in, a, in a sports analogy based on performance production. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And he was undoubtedly throwing shade at Sally. Gotcha. So I know that that alliance is there. You know, I always would have thought that Bellamy would have been favored to win. You know, I, I'm not really sure. Other than that, probably just because of, you know, the contingents around. But how much, what, what does the dollar cents come out for that race? Where's Norse and Bellamy at? Oh, uh, Katrina, Katrina Coulson is way ahead. Really? And like, not even close. Katrina Coulson's got the Sonya Smith backing. Wow. Uh, if I look up, and I'll go to VPAP, guys. So if you guys want to know about... We, Go to VPAP. It's amazing. Yeah, VPAP's great. We need yeah. a barometer of like how many races Sonia has contributed to the win to lose ratio. I can get, dude, I can search by her name yeah. on VPAP. Because um, that, if we get to see that, we could see what that ratio looks like. Oh, you're saying, I, what how I'm does saying, the like, Rainmaker, Sonia Smith, yes, yeah, impact yeah. elections? Yes, yes. Okay. I mean, we, you could probably make a ratio there, some kind of like, all right, if she contributes this much, you could probably see, because she's been doing this for a long time. Dude, she, Sonia Smith, this puts it in perspective, in 2023 alone has donated $720,000 to candidates. 720000 this year alone. Sally Hudson, yeah. um, one of the primary getters, Katrina Colson, one of the primary getters. Sonia Smith, according to VPAP, as far back as the data will go, over $7 million in campaign contributions. Please also understand that uh, Michael Bills, her husband, right. um, is as equally prolific as a donor as she, and he's running, is Big the clean money. water, is it a, is it a pack? If I think it's a pack. It's a political action committee. Okay, yeah. it's a pack. yeah. yeah. Bills, Jesus, listen to this. Ready. Bills in the history are a VPAP has donated over $18,400,000. This is the top this contributor is- besides Dominion. 
This is basically Dominion. This is Dominion. No, this is <laughs> Dominion. But it's individual beer. Yeah. But like basically, he could give Dominion a pretty good. That's what I'm saying. Money. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap! That's a lot. Over 18 million. Holy cow! Could you imagine what you could do? Yeah. You could build a small town. That's 10 percent of Charlottesville's yearly budget. Michael Bills has donated. Um, questions are coming in fast and furious here right, for Rutherford. Here we go. Who? Uh, okay, this one was shared to me by John Blair. Okay. Uh, you know Virginia Virginia political memes on Twitter. Oh, of course they do a great yeah. job. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now, um, according to them, the race with Hudson and Deeds is a toss-up. Yeah. And Virginia political memes and maybe um, some folks that follow them say if it's a toss-up right now, then maybe that's an indication that Sally's going to win this. See, that's where I'm at too. Because this should be Cree's to lose. Cree is this old blood now, and I think with Sally's hopping in, and with the money, and with listen, she is present. She is around a lot. You know, I would venture to say that Cree definitely is also pretty omnipresent. But yeah, if it's a toss-up, I think it's for Sally. I think you're all over this, dude. Yeah, per I usual. Think, now it might be tight. I'm not going to say it's not going to be. It should be tight. It should be tight. Yeah. It should be tight. Um, Rebecca Lewis Deeds, this is Cree's daughter, okay. issues this statement on social media that is now going viral on social media. It's a long statement. I will just read a couple sentences, the first ones. The smear campaign, she says, run against my dad, undermining his deep connection to our community and his life's work is absolutely appalling. The idea that my dad cares not about protecting our children from gun violence when we lost someone that we love and miss so much every single day to suicide by gun violence is unattainable and a direct attack on my dad, my family, the sacrifice that he has made to serve the community from a place of passion and lived experience with trauma, gun violence, and suicide. She continues, but I'll stop. Your thoughts? You know... We can all go back to that moment for Deeds and his son, and man, that was some hard life stuff. Um, and Deeds has certainly done a phenomenal job as it were as it relates to the mental health world, and you know the issues that he ran into with his son and how he wanted to enact change. And I don't, I would truly say, as it relates to that, there's no better advocate than Mr. Deeds. Uh, he has that personal experience, uh, and that's a hard one. That's a real life one. Um, as it here's the thing when a I have found if you ever feel like you've been attacked politically one of the best things you could ever do is say nothing why because when you respond a lot of times you are giving them ammunition in some level of truth to that and I'm assuming she's referencing the mailer the that Cree cited on the side of high capacity magazines assault rifles is what Democrats would call them um, you know, I don't think that is near in comparison to what Lawford did to uh, Kellen. Would you agree? Uh, I think that is nowhere close. Nowhere even remotely yeah. close. And yeah. I think Sally, and I have to speak from that liberal context, I think if you put it on those lenses, Sally, um, I mean, I think she made a good t- political tactic. I mean, because they're facts. Those were real votes, and those were real situations. And I don't think that necessarily demeans the mental health experience and her brother and all that. But I do think that, in a way, that that mailer did have some value. Because in this area, I mean, there's definitely a huge contingent that's against high-capacity weapons. Absolutely. You know, AR-15 platforms. And Cree did vote and support it. So from a conservative perspective, man, that's awesome. Good job, Cree. 
you know, but from that liberal context, like that's a pretty serious thing that he has to overcome. Uh, questions. We're trying to get to as many as possible. Right. John Blair, does Mr. Rutherford perceive any connection with Lynchburg any longer? For a while, the southern Nelson County region used yeah. to have more connection with Lynchburg. However, it seems in the past 20 years, Nelson County has truly become more and more integrated into the Charlottesville region. Furthermore, please tell Mr. Rutherford they are doing a hell of a job in Nelson County. Yeah, we are. Thank you, sir. You know, so Good question. Nelson County split in half. So Livingston is truly used to be a stage, a stage, a staging point because it was basically the middle between Charlottesville and Lynchburg. So there's a lot of individuals who will work in uh, Lynchburg where, like, the mother is a nurse in at UVA and the father works in manufacturing in Lynchburg. So we, we have a lot of culture for both. I went to Lynchburg College. My brothers went to Lynchburg College, and I went to Central Virginia Community College. My brothers went to Piedmont and UVA. So I totally understand both, both, both cultures there. Honestly, I would say because of where the population density is to 64 and 29, that most individuals are probably part of the urban ring of Charlottesville at this point. But I would venture to say geographically, 50% of Nelson County has more of a Lynchburg connection and a Lynchburg culture. I mean, that's usually where you go shop, go to church, go get your groceries, go to sports games. Like, you know, you don't really think about going to a Liberty football game, right? But if you live on the southern end, you get to go to get to see Liberty football games and a lot of victories, too. Jesse Rutherford on fire right now. Uh, yep. My friend, what do you make of the uh, Norris-Brown-Colson race? Is this Norris's to lose? And then also, what did you make of his tactic over the weekend of hosting a music festival at the Jefferson that Theater? That was so interesting. Did you like the idea? I didn't, did you have issue with it? You know, I didn't know what it was. Like, I don't quite understand. Like, you know, I, if you invited people to an event, it just happened to be, like, stuff, music and whatnot, whatever. Um, but I thought that was just a little bit weird. I thought it was awkward. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not really sure if that wins the hearts and minds of, you know, folks living in Belmont, you know, necessarily. But at the end of the day, you know, I... Who's door knocking the most? I mean, who's who's going to the most door to door? And I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't really followed that race hard enough to really know better because um, it's it, the, ge the geography of that is all of Charlottesville, and how much of Admiral? Let's see. I'll give you the exact map. And Neil Williamson, if you have any advice yeah. around uh, any perspective on HD yeah. fifty four, that would be great. Let's see. Of um, so. Ginger says um, she voted for Cree yesterday. Okay. Um, I have one, two, three, four, five. Oh, this six. is it. Are they putting a poll in there on yeah. who they're voting yeah. for? Yeah. Okay. There looks like right now, since we started talking about this, 19 have voted rather, or voted uh, deeds. <laughs> and 11 since we've been talking about wow. it, I voted Hudson. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll see. This is a toss up right so here. So, why did somebody should put in the chat why they voted for Deeds? You know? Really well, Ginger, why'd you vote for Deeds? Yeah. Put in the chat why you voted for Deeds. Why'd yeah. you vote for Deeds? Kelsey, why'd you vote for uh, Sally Hudson? Yeah. Put in the chat. We'll relay it, relay it live on air. Your fiance is watching. Good. Um, yeah. She says, You'll be going to more UVA games. Don't worry. I'm so <laughs> proud of you, Jesse Rutherford. Uh, I went to my first U. So both my brothers and my mother went to UVA. And Your brother, a Commonwealth attorney? Yeah, Daniel went to yeah. UVA. He didn't yeah. go to law school. He went to undergrad there. Okay. Um, and my oldest brother, Chris, did. And so I actually, you know, our family it was a UVA household. I always got UVA branded stuff all the time. Like I got unsolicited T-shirts every Christmas. It was UVA. Um, oddly enough, my brothers never took me to a football game, never took me to anything. 
And so I kind of didn't, the only connection I had was the t-shirts I got at Christmas and going to graduation, um, which really frustrated my mother. <clears throat> and so I ended up going to Lynchburg College and ruined all this, all the shirts that I had and sweaters made my mom pretty mad. So, but my first UVA football game was my fiance taking me to a UVA football game, you know, 26, 27 years later. So, um, HD 54, Neil Williamson, you're the man from VPAP. Um, if you love politics like Jesse and I do, I, you can spend hours on VPAP.org. Um, here's a little snapshot of HD 54, House of Delegates, District 54, Charlottesville City, registered voters, 34,664. Almoro County, partial Almoro, right. not Almoro in totality, as you know. Right. Registered voters, 27,912. Wow. Shows Charlottesville City, the share of the district is 55.4% versus Almoro County's 44.6, Jesse. Wow. Okay. So, I mean. I don't know. It could be Norse then. I th- dude, I think I Norse think, is I think the it's Norse. Runner. I actually think we're in a Norse situation now. So, talk to me this makeup. We get a Dave Norris. I think you and I are both inclined to say that uh, Sally's probably going to win. I think so. Sounds like we're both inclined to say so Norse Squire. Sally are you Squire. if you if you were a betting man, would you say Norse Squire and Hudson? That's if I, I was. A I would say man. that's a fair reason. I think that's reasonable. I mean, those are the yeah. those are the people that I'm hearing voting for those individuals now. I mean, that's what know, I would think. I would say I would definitely say. And we're not endorsing any of them. We're just no. talking the political no, science. No, 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 of course, yeah. Yeah, I'd get in a lot. I'd lose, you know, some street cred. You yeah, know, I, and, and they may not come on the show. <laughs> I know, right? You know? So I would say, and let's look at some cause and effects act factors. That's what I want. If Sally wins, yeah. Norse wins. I think that's a fact. If Cree wins, I think Bellamy's got a better chance at winning, and that he should be able to carry it over the top. Um, Interesting. As it relates to the Lawfer-Kellen context, I don't think the state, I think those that is more isolated from the deeds Hudson race than I really drew, do think those are two separate groups, right? And I actually think that, you know, Kellen's just going to win it over the top just because, you know, he didn't sink his, his boat, you know, a few Ging- weeks right before election. Multiple people have just said what you said earlier in the yeah. show. For example, Ginger, Thomas, Spencer, yeah. Brian, and Stefan have put the comment in the feed. If we have to vote for a Democrat, we'd rather have the blue dog. Yeah. No, I, and I, I yeah, I believe that. Um, God, so much is coming in so fast. Three spots on city council, Charlottesville. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. Michael Payne, who you know. He's going to win. Um, I think Michael Payne will be on there. Uh, Lloyd Snook was on Real Talk earlier today. Yeah. I think Payne and Snook are slam dunks. I think that's easy. The third seat is up for grabs. You have Bob Fenwick, who yes. was a previous one-term counselor. Yeah. You got Natalie. Was he kicked out, or did he just not run again? Um, he ran again and lost. Okay. He ran in 2019 and lost. Okay. Uh, 2000 in the last one. Um, he so he's lost. trying to pull a Grover Cleveland and uh, yeah. win, lose. It's kind of like a Trump effect thing right now. I think it was. We actually, need to talk about the Trump. Fenwick went loss as an independent, win <laughs> as a Democrat, <laughs> lose as a Democrat, and now he's running again. Is he uh, running? And this is the Dem. Yeah, he's no. running as a Dem yeah. in the primary because yeah. let's cut to the chase. If you're I mean, you an I or an R, you have no chance. Yeah. And Charlottesville City. Uh, when's the last time an I has, or an R has Nikaya won? Walker. Nikaya, that's right, she was. She's an independent. Right. And before that, Rob Schilling is a Republican. Yeah. And Schilling is in a, a tremendous hot water right now for that video well, with mean, his employer. He's, he's, yeah. At Charlottesville Radio Group. Um, this I'll throw to you here. Okay. I th- we both think Payne and Snook, the value of the incumbent, they're going to probably win. Yeah. That 
third spot, which is a majority that's sure. up for grabs now, is between uh, Mr. Cooper, Natalie Alshrin, and Bob Fenwick. Okay. We just popped on this show earlier this week. Is it Deshad or Deshard? Can you look that up, please? D-A-S-H-A-D. Deshad? Yeah, but I'll sure. check. We just popped him earlier this week on the talk show utilizing chat GPT. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. Jesus, dude. He was like, he had a, <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking here, Mr. Cooper, and I know you watched the show, sir. <laughs> he had a Q&A that he was responsible for for a voter guide with the nonprofit Charlesville Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The voter guide, um, the same questions for all the candidates. Right. Email us your answers. Do it at your own time. Yeah. All the other candidates personalized, localized, and humanized answers. Right. Cooper, you know how ChatGBT has, like, Judah's made this point, like a tone? Yes. Like yes. There's you can, words you can, you that, can, yeah. that, that normal people, you know, Don't like say, vernacular would yeah. say. Yep, yep. And then the, 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 the folks on Reddit that have a boatload of time on their hands, <laughs> so much time on their hands. I'm the big subreddit guy. Okay. okay. You know, Huge. Get in the, weeds, the Redditor's yeah. guy <laughs> literally took his answers uh-huh. and then said, let's funnel these questions into chat GBT and put the answers side by side. Yeah. And dude, it was no question. Wow. What do you make of a candidate using chat GBT to answer a voter guide from a nonprofit in a local election? Is that sketch or not sketch or is that 2023? You know, when we just chat GBT in and of itself has changed a lot of the e-commerce world and so many other aspects of life. I mean, you know, utilizing it to write your papers to you know, discussion boards online. Like I could sit here and feel, I people are using ChatGPT and making billions of dollars. I'll be honest. I think society might vote for a robot's answer. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, AI is out after all of us, you know. Oh God. Do you have no beef with ChatGPT for Mr. Cooper? Okay. So one, he's probably, he's the first guy I've ever heard of doing that. So I'm going to give him some props there. Okay. Bold. Okay. It's very bold. Okay. Um, and I bet you there was a lot of people who liked his answers or ChatGBT's answers there, right? <laughs> I bet you there was. Um, and they didn't know it was ChatGBT. And then they're gonna, someone's going to say, but it was provided by a artificial intelligence. And do people care? Do people care? Do Jesse? people I mean, you know, care? You know about this stuff better than I do. So people would, uh, do you, you would never do that. I would never do that. I'm also not smart enough to know how to use ChatGBT well. Um, so we'll go with that too. Um, uh, we got People it. actually might be skeptical if I started using ChatGBT and they saw that my commas and periods were in the proper <laughs> no, location. I so if I saw you, if I saw those <laughs> answers, I'd be like, "That's not just." If you just if I, there's not, not ten, Justin. like, and I'm the kind of guy that has to use like ten ellipses to get to a point, you know, for effect. <laughs> ChatGPT probably doesn't do that, so people would know it's me real oh, quick. Oh, God, Not I me. love this man so much. Um, Jamie Turner, I will ask him this question. In fact, why don't I ask him now? He's sure. the uh, mayor, of Cul- mayor of Gordonsville, repping the pep now in Culpepper. He says, what, Jesse, what is Jesse seeing as the price per square to build these days? Oh, my Builder grade finishes, he's talking specifically. <laughs> Jamie Turner's a real estate investor. Sure. I mean, you know, it's out of this world. Builder it- grade? I mean, builder grade. Listen, man, I can I can build pretty standard homes, right? Tell, fo- tell folks what builder grade means. So builder grade. So let me tell you what that means to a generic kind of guy, and that means is it on the shelf in Lowe's or Home Depot? If it is not, and you require me to then order it, we are beyond builder grade now. Builder grade is within arm's reach of the shelf. Um, for example, flooring, trim, doors. Basically, if I wanted to build a stick built and I needed to do it in a day. I needed to be able to procure all the materials to do that from all the stores within that moment, right? 
That's builder grade to me, right? Um, ah, it's so bad. It's so sad. Um, it's it, you're probably looking in the two fifty to three hundred dollars a square foot. Oof. And you got to think of the reality of this too. In the two hundred fifty dollars a square foot, you know that's that used to be custom at one time. That was custom five years ago. Yeah, you know, pre-COVID. Twenty nineteen, I used to be able to sell a nice three generic three bed two bedroom modular on a basement in Nelson with someone who owns their own land. On okay-ish dirt with a well and septic for one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars, and that was a standard price, and it was great. And the clients who did that in twenty nineteen then refied in like twenty-one, you know, like so they're living stacks the, of paper. They're living the dream yeah, right now, right. and now they've realized equity of a hundred percent in four years. You know, that's like, nice. But that's paper money. That that is that's paper a real estate money. money. That's real estate money, right? Yeah, yeah it's not cash, but yeah. it's there if they really needed it. So I. We're going to have a different kind of recession, and it's going to be an affordability recession. So basically think about it like this. Everybody has jobs, but you can't afford bread. You know, go to Venezuela level, because that's where we are. I mean, my tenants, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, they got three kids going to the food line, which used to be where you got your generic stuff. It's $150 for them every time they show up. That might even be light. And that's light. Yeah, my wife and I, we have a five-year-old and a six-month-old. Our grocery bill is 200 bucks a week and you know and that's cutting corners right that's like, cutting corners. that's like not getting really nice produce that's yeah, not that's getting like quarters. the nice bread you yeah. know so it's really sad and it's really scary to see that because those individuals are struggling at their 18 dollar an hour wage to make ends meet and i think that's one of the most frustrating things about the housing issue is over the last like 100 years every 10 years essentially equity doubles for that individual um but the one thing that's not kept up at all is wages. Wages have not kept up, kept up at all. And I am concerned, like we were talking about chat GBT. I mean, and I totally agree with like the gangs and the musts of this world. The biggest danger to workforce isn't, you know, big, bad corporate not paying a living wage. It's going to be big, bad corporate using AI and algorithms to replace those jobs. Deep Throat, anonymous on Twitter. I yeah. love when you watch the program. Um, he says... The afford- he f- first he gives props to Jamie Turner says that's a great question this yeah. is what I want to know he says I get estimates all over the map um, on what builder grade um, what, what the cost is for builder grade he says 250 to 300 not much below what builder grade existing trades for are in Seville yeah. he says we're a marginal cost market QED QED then he Third says uh, affordability challenges that UVA's $15 wage cannot cover a 250 um, Price per square for a reasonably price price lot in town. There's no zoning for it. There's no zoning. There's no inventory either. I mean, we're. It is such a severe situation we have with our workforce demographics and their ability to infiltrate the housing market that you have. There, people are going to be driving stupid distances. Well, you made the comment about Amherst. Uh, no, that's like a, a fact. Nelson County teacher. You have no. If you took a Nelson County teacher starting pay, a deputy starting pay, let's say they got married, they both have reasonable life expectations, he's got an F-150 payment, and she's got student loan payments. Which is the norm. Which is normal human yeah. stuff. Yeah. They couldn't afford until like the 30th percentile of housing that's for sale in Nelson. And you know who buys This the- is Nelson County. This is Nelson County. So take that, and what does that mean? You're like, okay, now they need to travel to work. We have people driving from Appomattox in Campbell County to work Nelson County teacher jobs. You know, this has historically happened multiple times. We have deputies willing to work in Nelson County driving from those 
from Amherst. You know, basically, as it relates to workforce at all. So Charlottesville has gotten so expensive in Almaro. The folks in Charlottesville and Almaro, where the area median income is 110k, right? They're taking what is potentially 80 or 90,000 of household income, where 110,000 there's a huge delta. Yep. Then they're going to Nelson. Yep. They're cannibalizing the inventory from Nelsonians. Mm-hmm. Nelsonians are like, "What the f? What is going where on? Where am I going to live here in Nelson?" Yep. So now they're going to outer counties, suburbs of Nelson County, yep. because Charlottesvilleians and Almaro Countyans are sprinting to Nelson. Yep. Yep. That's what's happening. They're spraying to Nelson. They're sprinting to Green. Fluvanna, Fluvanna. Lake Monticello. And it's going to be a really scary reality because I don't know who's going to be doing those workforce jobs, right? I think those, those demographics are going to be so endangered here. So, for example, if you have a plumbing issue of sorts and you have to go find a plumber really quick, it's not an easy feat, especially in the rural context. If you're in Nelson, you know, those guys are in working in the cities making double money. They're not working Nelson County jobs that week. That's great right there. You know, like that's so. If, no one's brought that up on the show. Well, think about it like this. So if you want to be an uh, electrician, you know, you're going to get paid good working in Nelson, but you're going to get paid triple good in Charlottesville. And, and, and good luck finding an electrician. I had, yeah. I mentioned this comment all the time. I needed an electrician for like an hour job. Yeah. And every electrician's like, dude, I'm not coming for that. One electrician even said, I don't go to a job unless I can make 500 bucks. Yeah, I believe it. And I was like, I need for a couple of outlets, dude. I guess I'm paying you $500. Yeah, that's yeah. what I did. Yeah, yeah. I that's paid 500 because I needed to get it done. Yep. So I just had to pay the premium, and I just chalked it up to the cost of doing business. Yep, yep. And guess where that goes? That goes into rent costs. That goes into all oh, those things. So, that gets past that. So that, let's just make this worse. Let's talk about long-term rentals. Like, all of those things become pressures on landlords, and the majority of landlords are usually just a mom and dad who own aunt's house, you know, who own your, their old aunt's house and they're renting it out for to supplement their income. Well, those factors come into play. Well, like I said, rent in Nelson County, I've been hearing of people starting to rent homes for $2,000 well, a month. You've got a lot of rentals, don't you? I got a few, but we ain't there. <laughs> 2000 that's that's real. You've got a lot of rentals. I do. Carly Wagner says that's why construction is so expensive. Um, so I've made this comment multiple times on this show, and it's pissed a lot of people off. I'm ready. Um, that Charlottesville and Almaro County maybe it's Central Virginia in totality, is no longer a 40-hour work week. No, it's, it's a 65, 70-hour work it's week. 80, it's an 80-hour okay, work week. Okay, people you, say, you, Jerry, I make that comment, and you get rank. people get rankled. But, the, you know, because those people ain't talking to the blue-collared people about how to exist in life. You know, those, those, those blue-collar individuals have to work 60 hours a week to afford Charlottesville living prices. And then they're competing against, you know, UVA students who mama and daddy got two commas cash to the name with an extra digit. Right. And they're buying homes for four years strictly to get some appreciation and put their kid in there. And to get rid of some cash. Yeah. You can't. 1031. You can't beat those people. Like, I, you know, you lose to them every time. And who loses the most? Working class folk and less. Middle class and less. You know, uh, it's a a really scary reality. And I, I think the context of wages is going to make things even worse. And I think with the infiltration of AI and algorithms, and I think there's some huge value to those entities. I just want to come out and say that technology has some wonderful perks. Um, It's going to be taking jobs away from people like receptionists. Like tell me this, the average receptionist could totally be replaced with a really good chat GPT setting for generic things. Yeah. You know, that is a very generic job that a lot of people have fielded for the last, like, 300 years. For sure. Gone. Teleworking, or not teleworking, telemarketing, Chappity, gone. Yeah. Handled. 
I mean, you go in the bank and you start entering all your numbers, like in trying to get accounts and transfers and all that. You used to call your local bank. Now you just call an 800 number and you get it all straight. And one of the things that's not being highlighted, and I read an article about this in the Wall Street Journal, a lot of these jobs, and it's not fair, but a lot of these jobs are held by women. Mm-hmm. The jobs that chat GBT is yep. more likely to, to cannibalize yep. are jobs predominantly held by females. Yep. I just we should highlight that right there. That's really Vanessa Parkhill makes this point on the video yeah. in the schools. Right. This is an interesting one. Okay. Uh, all great questions, but ask yourself if you would feel the same if someone shared a cell phone video from a middle school basketball game or an elementary school choir performance. So many parents post that kind of content, and many probably don't think twice about whether they have permission from the other kids' parents in the video. It's a right. damn good point. No, that's a fair point. I, I think. But your middle school basketball game is not going to get politicized like that other video, right? Right, right. That's that's the, the middle school difference. basketball game. Vanessa, it's a good point. Yeah, it is. It's not going to make Fox News. It's it's not going to make. You know, I hope they do because they won whatever, whatever you whatever championship that exists in middle school. But where I would be upset is the context of the the Johnson Elementary. You know. Yeah, because Fox. I'll cut to the chase here. Yeah. This is what I would be worried about. You have an elementary school in Charlottesville yeah. that is celebrating Pride Month mm-hmm. that legitimately has students doing the LGBTQ ABCs. ABC. You should watch the video if yeah. you have not done it. I'm not going to share it on the show. No. This content was then shared on arguably the most right-leaning National. global yeah. network yeah. Yeah. out there. Yep. So we know that there's some folks that are watching this video yep. that are so right that we may say, what? How do I help me out here? <laughs> what, what, what tidbits do okay, you want? Yeah, I mean, so right. Okay, that may take things too far. <laughs> may, they definitely take things too far. Take yep. things too yep. far. Yep. And now they know where the kid goes to school. Yep. The address of the school. Yep. The teachers of the school. Oh, and the media the sitting in the, the parking school, lot right now. The media's in the parking lot right now. Yep. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this is a cluster duck quack, quack, yeah. quack. Is it not? Oh, gosh. I would, if it was, it was a Nelson, I'd be nothing but, you know, scared and embarrassed. What would you and do if as I was a supervisor? If you were, like, literally collateral damage, would you be there out the school? What, what would be, well, what would be a, There'd be a series of phone calls to board members and principals and county administration and say, what happened and how are you fixing this? Okay. That's step one. Okay. And they need to have the ability to go figure out how they can handle that situation and isolate it best they can. And apologize if that's necessary or if it was part of their if it was part of their plan and the school board said yes please do this then you know they need to figure out a different policy to do that um i wouldn't come out the gate threatening the school budget because like i said there's a lot of teachers there whose budgets whose salaries don't need to be put in peril because a series of administrators made a terrible terrible thing for elementary school students um but yeah I think if that if that persisted, there would definitely be some very long com- con- conversations. Uh, Let's go to something else please, too. Please, so this is a lot of the reasons why a lot of people are not letting their kids go to public school. You know, this amount of politicizing, right? I, McAuliffe did it back in his race when they it got so political and the bathroom conversation. Where do you go to the bathroom and the ABCs that we were just listening to. And also, furthermore than that, it's, you know, the danger public, you know, a lot of the school systems have been, you know, people wonder why people are homeschooling their children. It's because they want them out of that fight. I don't want my kids and I don't want to see Nelson County kids have to go get politicized on Fox News. It would be my whole goal and purpose to make sure that that's not happening, that these kids are getting as a normal of a 
upbringing in their school system as physically possible and as safe and healthy and free and high quality. You know, this is not helping. This is not helping them learn, you know, how to do long division. It's not helping them, you know, get further in society. And, you know, gosh, let's desexualize our schools. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous, especially elementary school. Like I said, there might be some conversation you can have in the high school context. I totally think there's enough cognitive ability of a 17-year-old to have good opinions on, you know, LGBTQ plus and, you know, the struggles that they may have had, but not in the elementary school. Not where there are kindergartners and pre-Kers who have no clue, and you know all they want to do is draw the crowns. So you uh, live their dream are refreshingly authentic in a time when that is not the case. Yeah. I think any jurisdiction would have Je- would be lucky to have Jesse lead. Um, this is from um, from Twitter. Out here in Bozeman, Montana, you get guys in the trades business yeah. who come and live in a camper van. They park it next to the rich guy's house to get rich guy pay rates. Then after a couple of weeks of making rich guy pay rate money, they go back to the rural wilds. Yeah. And then they come back a couple weeks later. So let me tell you what's happening in a lot of the manufacturing modular world. Because of workforce is getting so difficult to come by. Now, one of the perks with manufactured modular housing, you can get the contractors from anyone on the East Coast because it's the same kind of thing, right? So... We're finding that some of the main crews to hire are coming from North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania. They work one week really hard, and they set as many houses as they physically can. And then they go back home for like one to two weeks working on their farms, cutting down trees, and then they work hard again for another full week, and then they go back to their farm for another week or two. I mean, that's I'm seeing that all the time too, which is really unfortunate because you need... like. Those consistency is, with need labor. Consistency yeah, labor. if you get anything done in a timely fashion. Because what does that mean? Winter's going to come around. The and they're going to be like, changes. Everyone, yeah, everyone's going to be like, I ain't working six inches of snow. I worked yeah. enough this summer. I'm going to hold off till March. And know? that's why things get expensive. That's why construction is out of this world. Jesse Rutherford. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. We have um, an hour and 15, an hour and 20 minutes in. You're a joy to interview. This is the, the best kind of guy to interview guys, a guy that has a take on pretty much everything. Uh, Jesse Rutherford. He loves <laughs> takes. All right, close the show anywhere you want to go. Anything that we should be talking about or thinking about that we haven't covered? Hey, you know, I think we should encourage everybody to participate in their respective primaries for whatever political uh, ideology you reside with. It's important you participate. Your participation is part of the process. Um, you know, I think you should always ask questions of your supervisors. I think you should always ask questions of your school board. And I think there certainly, you know, when you're with your kids and you're thinking about your kids, just know that, yes, you do get a say in how your kids are raised. And Thank you, you do get a say. And you do get a say in what that future holds for the next generation of children. You know, forced ideology is, is not a real thing and it doesn't change hearts and minds it could make create more issues I mean I talk about it all the time um, when we talk about you know forced prayer and of course I love Jesus he's, he's my guy and I said yeah but forcing non-believers to pray is called theocracy and you know and it's not a genuine thing and I think we all need to learn how to stay in our lanes and how to let other people live the lives that they want to live and not have to sit here and put it on a podium and force everyone else to participate you know that's not that's fascism in a way Judah. Yeah. He's the man, right? No doubt. I mean, <laughs> I 100% agree with all Are that. you three-shotting you? You want to get anything? I just did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Your mic's on and all that? Anything you want to say? 
Um, no, I mean, you guys have been spot on today. Um, I think a lot of people are going to come out and say, oh, that, you know, it's not uh, uh, what they're doing with the kids is, <clears throat> is just teaching them. But come on. It's whatever you, whatever you personally believe about those things. Like when I was, when I was in third grade, yeah, I, I was having trouble with math. Yeah. When I was in fifth grade, when I was in sixth grade, I think I was like having my first kiss. You know, like right, right, right. I'm not talking about like you know. Sixth grade, that's pretty. Right. Yeah, you're killing it, Judah. I don't know about that, <laughs> but I mean, what are we? Yeah, it's just. It's it's crazy. It's flabbergasting. And, uh, it's flabbergasting. And the, and the fact that it's happening in the middle of Central Virginia yeah. in Charlottesville. I mean, what is going on? Or is it to be expected? It's Charlottesville. I mean, it's almost it's crazy. But I would encourage anyone to see. And if you think that we're the only, this is the viewpoint of everyone. You're no. very wrong. Yeah. I posted this on Instagram right now on I Love Seville. There's legitimately 48 comments on this since I was posting this. And what I posted was just very, I just asked questions. I didn't even give an opinion on this. I legitimately just asked questions. I, I'm being utterly attacked on Instagram nice. right now, on my own account. Nice, you're getting 48 good. comments. Good for you. Just for asking questions like, who is videoing the kids in the elementary classroom? On the playground, should there be a no videoing policy? Why did Rob Schilling broadcast and amplify this? Did the parents of Johnson Elementary know that the kids had an LGBTQ curriculum? Are the kids safe after this aired on Fox News? Yeah. And should elementary age kids be learning about sexuality in first or second grade? That's all I posted. Yeah. And I'm being you're being attacked. Attacked. You're in the nice. Attacked. Getting doxxed. Yeah. You can't. You're canceled. Literally for asking questions. You, my friend, are a joy. Judah Wickhauer, I love Thank this you guy. Guys. We should get a more. This is Definitely. the I Love Seville show. It is archived wherever you get your podcasts and check your social media. If Jesse Rutherford is on a ticket for any election, you vote this guy, ladies and gentlemen. Nelson County, you're in good hands. Um, have a good weekend. Keep it local and try, please, to say to, to, to stay sane out there. That's right. Please try to stay sane. Please stay. That's yeah. all I'm asking you to do no, is stay no. sane this weekend. We are rooting for an average weekend. We just want boring. <laughs> I just want boring. Just boring. Just give me a boring weekend. Yeah, just give me Thank a- you kindly for joining us. So long, everybody. Thank you.